This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I am so grateful you're here today. Bring in a little bonus episode, episode 284 today with Casey Krause and Trevor DeWitt. This episode has also been aired today over on the Illuminate podcast, which is one of the sister podcasts in my network, Sandy Boy Productions. But the story here is so relevant to both shows that I just decided to air it on both shows and drop a little bonus here over on I'll Have Another. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the Illuminate podcast, that's a podcast where we bring stories to the world of people doing good work, people who are uplifting other people, awesome nonprofits, and we're just highlighting good stories over there. And this is certainly a good story. But it also is running related. So I thought it fit over here on this podcast as well. So Casey Krause is an ultra runner. He's actually completed the Leadville 100 and he's an Ironman. And going into this interview, I was so focused on the project that he took on this summer that I didn't even realize how much of an ultra runner he was himself. So very cool guy. And he had an idea this summer back in June when the country just felt really divided and he decided he was going to do what he loved most, which is running and run 10 miles a day for a hundred days to equal 1000 miles and go all over the city to every different neighborhood he could think of in Indianapolis and just try to connect with people, learn people's stories, get to know other humans who live in this city that he wouldn't have the opportunity to do if he didn't run in those neighborhoods. So he got together with his buddy Trevor and they came up with a plan to pursue this project with the ultimate goal of connecting people and sharing stories and being a positive light in this crazy time that we've had this year, this still crazy time. So they're gonna tell you all about it in the episode. It's called 1001 City. That's the project they they took on. and. Ultimately, they ended up raising thousands of dollars and donating thousands of dollars to the Monumental Kids program here in Indianapolis, which is a amazing program that the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon puts on. They also are founding a nonprofit called New Shoe Day, which you're going to hear all about. I won't give it all away in the intro, uh, but this is just a story of someone who had a dream, probably while out for a run, and executed it. You know, I I just posted this in my Facebook group yesterday. I often have dreams when I run. I dream of all kinds of things to do. Ways to help people, ways to improve my podcast, all kinds of things. Ways to be a better mom, all the things. And a lot of times I come home and I open the door and life is still moving. My kids still need a million things. Dinner still needs to be cooked. And a lot of those dreams sometimes are forgotten. Now, some get executed, that's for sure. But what I love about running is that we dream a lot of times when we run. And some of the coolest projects and ideas come about on a run. And that's what happened here in this story. And 
I just want to encourage you guys that even if a dream feels small or if it feels too big, there are ways to take steps forward and pursue those things you're dreaming about on the run. Now look, it's 2020 and this year is just crazy. It's crazy. So it is also totally cool to not try to be pursuing big dreams or executing these big, hairy, audacious goals, but it is possible. And Casey proved this to be true. And I'm sure that every day running 10 miles a day, mapping out new routes to pursue this project wasn't easy. And I also know that there were probably days that felt really high and probably days that didn't feel so high, but it was all worth it in the end. Um, So yeah, this is just me encouraging you that if you came up with an idea to do something for someone else or to pursue something you've been wanting to pursue for a while, here is my nudge to take one step forward today and make that happen. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't want to do any of that, here is also my nudge to go sit back down, put your feet up and watch Shit's Creek because that's okay too. Anyway, okay. All we talk about in this episode will be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. If you do want to be added to that mailing list, I mail out the show notes once a week. I do not spam your email. I do a once a week email and then every once in a while I throw out something else, but it's definitely not one of those email lists where you're getting tons and tons of emails. Um, Email Emma if you want to be added to that. Um, She is my amazing assistant and she's doing wonderful work. She's actually um, hosting over on the Illuminate podcast. So she's doing great work, but you can email her Emma at sandyboyproductions.com. You can also email Emma with any guest suggestions for either this show, the Illuminate podcast, my parenting podcast, Why Is Everyone Yelling? Um, Any suggestions you have for any of those shows, definitely send those over to Emma and she'll make sure that we check them out. All right. I know this is a super long intro, but I just felt like there was a lot to say about the project Casey and Trevor pursued. And I just felt like I needed to get it off my heart to encourage you guys to pursue whatever you've been dreaming about as well. If you do enjoy this, share it on social media, spread the good word about what Casey and Trevor are doing, and definitely leave us a rating and review if you're enjoying the podcast. I am so grateful for each of you, and we will definitely have a regular podcast episode coming out this Friday as usual. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Casey Krause and Trevor DeWitt. All right. Well, we're doing our first in-person interview. Since uh, the world fell apart in March, welcome to the show, Casey Kraus and Trevor DeWitt. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Great. Happy to be here. I asked you how I'll know when to speak next, but I realized since we're in person, <laughs> it will be when you look at me. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you going to direct questions at certain people? I was, I'll just look at you and, and we'll know. Um, yeah, this is fun because I was just saying I haven't done an in-person interview since the Olympic trials in February and, um, I had made a goal in 2020, like my goal in 2019 for 2020 was to do more in-person interviews and then COVID happened and it was like the world was telling me that that just wasn't ever going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> and here yeah. we are, um, what, seven months later and we're finally doing it. So yeah. this is mm-hmm. exciting. You're really going to have to pack them in the rest of the year for maybe some more in-person opportunities now. I know. I know. Uh, so we're having you guys on the show because you have ventured into this really cool project, 1001 City, 
and the new shoe day. The new shoe day? New shoe day. Okay. And new shoe day. Um, but Casey, I remember when you reached out to me about this and I was going to come run with you guys one time, but I had just hurt my foot. Um, and then I was like, well, I'll have to wait. And then I literally didn't run for seven weeks. So did you start 1001 City after COVID ha- started happening? When did you start it? Yeah, I remember reaching out to you, uh, I think over Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we started it actually June 1st. Okay, so um, it was well into COVID. Yeah, so well into the pandemic and COVID and all that going on. And, and really it was, um, you know, June 1st was a pretty important date. It was, it was basically right after all the you know, the riots and mm-hmm. the kind of the uproar and, and awakening that was happening in our communities happened. And, th- and that was part of the, you know, inspiration of the project even too. So time just like blurs together. The fact that I couldn't even like, pro- like I didn't even know if it was March or June yeah. or February that you started it because I specifically remember you reaching out. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So before we dive into what 1001 City is, share a little bit about your own personal backgrounds. I know you both work for EdgeX Mentoring. So um, just share with the listeners what you do and what your life is like. Sure. I'll start. This is Trevor. Uh, we both work for Edge Mentoring. I've been there about two years. I'm the operations manager. Uh, handle all, all things with a website, as I like to say. So um, that involves little bit of everything finance budget uh, email marketing anything with a website uh, our conference etc um, I do a little bit of consulting on the side but in my kind of personal life have reinvigorated my competitive nature through running over the last two years so funny enough my uh, experience at edge my running career and my relationship with Casey all start on the same timeline so we'll get into that hopefully in a little bit but um, I feel kind of like the healthiest version of myself, um, despite eating cluster truck before this, um, it's at, so good, at though. this point in, <clears throat> in my life, kind of coming to the end of my twenties, uh, I feel kind of most invigorated and, uh, challenged by, by running and some of the, the challenges we choose to put ourselves through. We'll dig into that. Cluster truck, thankfully is now finally in the Sobro area. Oh, it is. As soon as I bought a house in Sobro. So it's almost like I'm their most important client. Yeah. They knew they were like, well, we'll get enough business because you live mm-hmm. in Sobro. And I moved out of downtown and was just devastated that I was no longer going to have it. He got it in Carmel like earlier in the year when they expanded. And oh, I, I didn't was, know they I was have left one in Carmel. Dry, so <laughs> they're in Fishers now too. So for you non-local listeners, that Cluster Truck is a, a restaurant delivery service here in Indianapolis. And we're actually, I thought we were on the border because we could, we get. I think the, you're on the old border. Yeah, we're on the old border in Midtown. Um, but it's so good. The burritos are so good. I was going to say, what did you have for lunch? I had the arrows con pollo. Okay, I don't know what that yeah. is. <laughs> Ch- chicken and rice and like corn and little little Mexican dish. The best part is that they have like such diversity of food. Yeah. Like you can get Thai, pizza, wings. Uh, we love pad Thai. You get tacos, you breakfast foods. Tots. Tater tots. Oh, like, I mean a tater tot. That's This this won't be a healthy eating. I well, built K- a bowl. Casey eats super healthy, but I don't, so. Um, my husband got on this kick, re- like, I it was like right when everybody was quarantined that he kept buying tater tots. And I was like, look, 
I know the kids love tater tots. I love tater tots, but like I can't just make a habit about of eating tater tots for breakfast every day. This is not like and I feel like it's acceptable because it technically is a breakfast food. But like this is not how I need to be starting my days. But yeah. you can make it. I mean, have you, have you heard of tachos? Oh, you can make it an evening. You can make it an evening. I mean, it's, it's an all day affair food, with, yeah. with tots. Dipping so. syrup. Because I feel I feel better eating a tot. Because I feel French like French fries for some reason. Well, no, like I wouldn't eat a French fry for breakfast, but I'm basically eating a French fry when I eat a tater tot you for are, breakfast, yeah. right? Potatoes yeah. all day for me. Yeah, so he stopped buying them. Thankfully, yeah. I was like, you just have to run them off. That's, yeah. that's what we learned through this project, and then <laughs> since the project ended, we're, I'm up ten. Totally months, justified so, yeah. as many tots as possible now. Like this needs to be a um, special, special weekend thing or or something. Um, I feel the same way about donuts for breakfast because I'm like, I'm eating dessert for breakfast. I get that they're an exciting thing for kids and a Saturday, Sunday morning thing, but I never feel good after I eat a donut for breakfast. You're right. Unless I have, in fact, just ran 10 miles and then I mm-hmm. really don't do care. Do you want. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we do a Casey introduction, can you just, uh, Trevor, share what you guys do at Edge? Sure. So Edge Mentoring is a intergenerational... Uh, mentoring organization. We're a nonprofit based out of Indianapolis, but our reach is uh, across the United States. So most people participate in a variety of mentoring relationships, uh, for the most part in a group fashion. So as a mentee or mentor, uh, some in kind of personal life categories, some in, in work, work life and professional categories. So I myself have actually been a mentee uh, a little bit prior to even joining on at Edge a couple years ago, but I'm in a group uh, kind of whole life group. So it, it mixes personal, professional, spiritual mentoring relationships with uh, other men in their um, younger years, kind of south of 35. And we have a mentor who's uh, about 58. Uh, sorry, Pete, if I upshot that, but uh, <laughs> we all kind of share life together. And so guys are at different stages in life. Uh, a few of us are uh, not yet married. A few are married with a couple kids. So getting to share and discuss important topics of the day, uh, along with just learning what it's like to be a young husband, working still, uh, just learning from people and exposing yourself to people at different life stages is kind of what Edge is all about and building those relationships that you wouldn't normally put yourself in. Uh, we've also recently this year in 2020 launched day. Uh, edge at work program where we're kind of taking people from different local organizations mixing them together uh, as part of their leadership development curriculum kind of internally and so we're becoming that preferred partner for a lot of local organizations to give people access to the content the discussions the the group uh, relationships to help build their own um, leadership skills is it just for men though no it's not so okay uh, i'll clarify that the uh, the traditional edge groups that exist uh, that kind of dive into all topics of life are, are historically gender-based, so they're men's groups and women's groups. The Edge at Work program that um, is a little more recent is uh, a mix of both. So okay. people from uh, different organizations around the city, for-profit, non-profit, big, small, uh, men and women are all kind of pushed together into one group to to learn from each other. Okay, because I've been to the conferences mm-hmm. And I know there's a mixed crowd and also like the speakers are both men and women. Yeah. And Yeah. The last element that I would have left out would be our events and conferences. So EdgeX is uh, just, we finished our fifth year of EdgeX uh, this year virtually. So. Oh yeah. 
was exciting, new challenge, uh, certainly uh, something I didn't expect to have to deal with as the year started, but I'm happy to say we, we pulled it off with what feels like a success. Uh, it's a usually a half-day kind of high-energy leadership conference, various speakers and topics from uh, the sports worlds, mm-hmm. authors, uh, various motivational type speakers this year. We had a few really exciting ones. We, yeah, who do you have We this might year? talk about Jesse Itzler a bit, so he's a big fan. Uh, is that Sarah? He, Brock? He's now he's now a big fan of ours. Sarah Blakely's husband. Sa- yeah, Sarah's husband. Say, is that Sarah Blakely's husband? Yeah. yeah. So we're super fans of his. Uh, we actually got to go uh, down and and shoot his keynote at his house and oh, spend a little time nice. with him earlier. Did you meet uh, Sarah in September? Didn't meet no, Sarah. No, we didn't get to. <laughs> Dang. Usually yeah. the first question we get. To. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we weren't surprised. He's about cool it. and all, but she invented Spanx. He is. Yeah. And congrats to her. They just celebrated their. Uh, one of their big anniversaries, I think. It was 20, I saw. 20 years, yeah. And, and Jesse did a virtual Ironman yesterday, so uh, out of nowhere. I saw that on his post, <laughs> and I was like, I wonder, because I follow him too, and yeah. I was like, I wonder if he's going to get ridiculed for that, because you could really get yourself injured uh, doing an Ironman. Yeah, she also untrained. didn't know about it until like the day before, which is the funny part. He was like, honey, by the way, I'll be tied up all of tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> just if you it? need to find me. Did he yeah, finish yeah, it? Yeah, he it finished done. it. And okay, I'm going to have to go check out what his Instagram updates are. And after meeting him, I'm totally not surprised. He's just like that. Next oh, wow. level. Is he a fit guy, though? Like, he didn't do the Ironman training, but he exercises and like is yeah he's on a training plan yeah, i mean he, for he, sure he's very active. he's on strava now so yeah. you okay. kind of see what he's doing okay so and he's so. training for uh ultraman ultraman so oh yeah. wait um yeah. tell everybody what exactly an ultraman is i don't is I don't it, know the exact is it seven distances. is it seven iron man's in seven days or something like that it's something crazy like that mm-hmm. it's it's like the triple the swim the the bike's like two or three X, and then I think you run 50-some-odd miles. And they're in Hawaii, right? Or my Yeah, I don't know. Else? I don't know if he's there doing it like... There is one in Hawaii, because okay. yeah, yeah. I've heard Rich Roll talk Worlds about that. Or where, I mean, yeah. that's where Rich's was. So yeah. you got to go to Sarah Blakely's house. Yep. I mean, Jesse's house. <laughs> you went to Sarah Blakely's house. <laughs> yep. So that was a cool part that's of, awesome. of getting him as a speaker this year. His talk was just fire. 30 minutes of fire. He We watched him build it uh, as we got there, so he, he got the... The context of what he was supposed to be speaking about, we watched him prep his own 30-minute keynote and then deliver it in the course of about 40 minutes, and it was absurd to watch someone of that caliber craft what he did in live time. Yeah, I mean, That's professional, really fast. professional speakers, like him, like we equated it to like, like a professional basketball player just like stepping on the court mm-hmm. and like flipping the switch, and he totally did that with us. He prepped, and then once it was live time, it was he like, he's he on. like looked up at us and he was like, "I'm ready." <laughs> Thir- and then 35 minutes, one take, and it was so energetic. He was the crowd favorite. And, yeah. Uh, oh wow. It was cool for us because mm-hmm. you know he's in the same scene as us with with the running and the endurance and just yeah. kind of the the motivating others, and and we. We asked him for a run, and he rain-checked us. Oh, man. So we're going to cash that. So we're cashing that for sure, and he's he's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And so like I uh, interviewed him with a Hawks jersey on. Okay. And he was like, and because of the Hawks jersey, he's like, I'll, I'll do 100 burpees for you, too. So we're, we're, we're probably going to just show this. up at his doorstep yeah. in the next month or two. He promised us a cold plunge. He's big into cold plunges. Uh, oh, yeah, so like the polar plunge. Th- this <laughs> week, I... I built one at my house, so I had the guys over yesterday. And yep. by built, I mean I went to Tractor Supply Store and bought a like a tub, a, a metal tub, yeah. and filled it with ice water. So we yeah. plunged yesterday. You did? Did yeah. you do it for a reason, like a cause? No. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
it's well, race week. It's we're, race week. Yeah. We're just kind of mentally prepping for race Saturday. Um, but yeah, anytime anyone's in the neighborhood and wants to plunge, you can come to East 51st Street. Yeah. Um, what's Saturday? Are you doing monumental virtual early or something? Tecumseh 50K. Oh, okay. So it's a real race. Mm-hmm. You're doing in- yeah. Is that in person? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty small. It's yeah. 150 it's people. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking to be sloppy if this rain keeps up, but we're yeah, the trail races it. seem are kind of the first to really come back because the yeah. the crowd is so small. Trevor's there. going for a distance PR, so yep. Last year, Monumental was the first. You marathon. did the full. Yep, and we're just we got sidetracked a bit. All the things got canceled this year. Did you say fifty k or fifty miler? Fifty k. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you've done a fifty k. Uh, yeah, yeah. done a fifty k. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so amongst higher distances ultras you've done a lot of ultras yeah okay yeah and Uh, a lot i don't know if this is the right way to say it but yeah i've done the distances and uh have dreams to do more okay so So then let's go to the then that's a good segue to go to your story um you also work at edge what else about your life i know you mentioned you have a two-year-old yeah yeah so my wife and i married almost six years this saturday so uh congratulations shout out to her she's letting me race on, on your the anniversary day of our anniversary uh i i, I don't know i kind of cushioned it with like trevor's got this race and i'm going to try to help and him and, you need yeah, to be there he needs I the need support of all 25 of us that are running this yeah you know? so so i'm you know we'll be okay and she's very thank you supportive. danica yeah yeah thank shout you, out to danica shout out to danica and yeah we have a two-year-old two-year-old boy named remy and she's also 32 weeks pregnant oh wow so we've got a uh, another one coming here soon. Don't know a boy or girl. Oh, but, uh, did you find out with your first? We didn't. Is just the ultimate. You're those people. Thrill. We are those people. Our, our mutual friend Sarah Holsap will get you because they never find out either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think it would be an incredible experience both ways, and but we just loved it too much. It's a really and, cool. I've only and, I've had four kids, and I didn't find out for one of them. Okay. And it was my second. Yeah. And it was great. But then once you have two of the same gender, you get to three and you're like, I really want to know if I'm having a little girl, if I have two boys. And then once you get to three, you really want to know if you're having a little girl and, yeah. you know, then you have another boy. So Yeah. And we've got, <laughs> we've got all boys on our side of the family and, you know, um, it, everyone is kind of hoping for that girl. Yeah. I'll just say that. And Oh yeah. Cause you said your sister has four boys. My sister-in-law. So oh, my brother has four boys and then, yeah, we, we, toss out another boy and everyone's like great you've got a you know a basketball team but everyone really just is waiting on that girl so uh, it's all up to us at this point and it's happened whatever it is yeah i guess, I guess. so yeah no and i work at edge and uh i've worked at edge for about three years okay so i focus mostly on kind of external facing stuff with uh, partners and then participants that get involved in the programs that trevor was talking about and um, yeah, it's it's a great experience. That's how I met Trevor. So he came on staff about a year after me, and the rest is history, as they say. And they get to meet all kinds of cool people, like um, Bob Goff and Tony Dungy. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of who. Who are some other really big names? Oh, you guys had oh. We had Tamika Catchings one year. Mitch Daniels was also here. No, but I'm thinking um, of. Um, Sportscaster. 
Sage. Oh, Sage, Sage Steele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was last year. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, that was cool. She was she was great. So so great. She's an Indiana grad, so that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Yeah, and Carmel. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, lots of cool speakers at that. Okay, so tell us then. Um, before we talk about 1001 City, tell us about your experience with running, Casey. Yeah, I grew up a, a ball player. You know, I was the youngest and nat- just a naturally very competitive person. Um, it, I kind of, I mean, the fact that we're sitting right now is probably all the sitting <laughs> I will do this week. Do you want to stand up and do the interview? I might start pacing in a little bit and not <laughs> know it. Um, so I apologize in advance, but uh yeah, so ball player growing up and then... You like know, basketball? Basketball, baseball. Baseball was really the passion. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Indiana University undergrad. And then once I graduated, uh, there's no more teams to make, <laughs> you know? So uh, my brother, who is a cyclist, so he rode at IU. Okay, he was a like little, little five, five. Yeah, a little 500 rider. Um, he gave me a bike. And uh, so I was like 22, 23. And... Within a year or two, I was doing Ironmans and, and oh, okay. just like going down that scene. And then a few years ago, transitioned um, to a, another level of crazy, which was just kind of the long distance um, running scene. And and haven't left it. And uh, yeah, huge part of me and huge part of my life. So did you decide Ironmans weren't going to happen anymore once you had a baby? Because it takes like a million hours a week to train for Ironman. Yeah, it's and in hindsight, I think it's a good reflection to, to probably say that that was the case. Yeah. And um, I think of the three disciplines of Ironman, I, I just loved the running. Yeah. And I was probably my best segment. And then uh, love the outdoors, love to travel. And with ultras, you you do get a little bit of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, but it... it probably naturally fits into the schedule a little bit better too. Yeah, that biking, the biking is just, you have to go get on your bike for like six hours on a Saturday. Yeah, which... To truly train. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you, I mean, you like swimming in Indiana? Yeah. Like you, you gotta You're go, gonna go to the Y and you, you gotta, gotta go swim, jump in the pool. And just... Swim like 80 laps. Yeah, pretty much. My husband trained, did one Ironman. Okay. So I... Cool. I got to see it one time. Which one did he do? He did uh, Madison. Hey, I did Madison. Did you do Madison? What year did you do it? I think it was 2014. Okay, he did 2012. Okay. I know it, my our son was 10 weeks old when he did it, so I know exactly the year he did it, 2012. Um, and when he did that, it was like he had already signed up before. You know, you sign up like a oh, year yeah. in advance, so like we didn't even know we were going to have a baby. Um, and so, but really once you get like eight weeks out of training – you're like, you've already put so much work it's in. There. You might as well just go do it. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I remember when he finished his race, I was so tired because I didn't sleep all night the night before because of a baby newborn, but also like I was so anxious about not sleeping that I didn't sleep and then the race. And after his Ironman, um, we had, we were like a mile and a half from the car and I was like, or it was like four miles. I was like, can you just, can you go get it? Can you go get the car? So he went and got the car <laughs> and I sat with the, I was like so delirious and tired. And the we real got, Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. go ride extra. No Plus question. Four. The, the supporting cast of these athletes. And I mean, yeah. I've witnessed it. And it's you a just, long day. Spectating. You, just said, you just said a great story. It's like, I mean, just the fact that 
the people in your life who are supporting your racing and your training, they also aren't sleeping. Yeah. The night before. And yeah. they're not even, the, but they care that much about it. Uh-huh. And I think that that's a huge part of the scene that like doesn't get recognized enough, you know? So. And spectating a marathon is a long day, but spectating an Ironman, it's a real long day. Yeah. Well, yeah, not to jump too far ahead. Go ahead. So last year I did, um, Leadville. Okay. And, uh, the. Did you co- finish? I finished. Yeah. The coordination amongst the support crew and my family and all that stuff where, you know, and we had a deal. It was like, Casey, you don't have, you, you shouldn't be paying attention to what we're worrying about. And now that I think about like all the stuff that they were going through, it's, it was remarkable. Did your son come? He did. It was on his first birthday. Oh, that's a lot to bring a baby out there too. Oh yeah. Did you, um, do you feel like training for Leadville timing time wise was less than training for an Ironman? That's a good question. Probably my year leading up to it was also year one of baby one. So it was um, percentage wise, I had done a hundred miler the year before and I probably trained 70% what I had trained the year before. And okay, you just didn't do as much training. So I backed off. But you're of altitude. Was your first, was your one the year before altitude? No, it was over in Ohio. Yeah, so that's much different. I was yeah totally rolling the dice and yeah. Did the altitude make you sick at all at Loveville? Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- well, I had a low moment. undetermined. Yeah, I had a low moment, and I would probably just chalk it up to like yeah, altitude was probably a factor. So what what mile was your low moment? Forty four going up Hope Pass. Oh, that's early. Yeah. For a low moment in a hundred. Found myself in the woods about 20 yards off trail and like just some guy was like, hey, buddy, are you okay? I'll never forget it. Like, hey, buddy, are you okay? And I, I came to, I had like half a lar bar in my mouth. And I was just like <laughs> sitting on the ground. My my hiking poles were like sprawled out everywhere. It was like a garage sale on the side of a mountain. And uh, we got through it though, you know. So, but how'd you get back on track if you, I mean, that's so early to be feeling lost and everything in a hundred miles. So from mile 50, so Winfield, mile 50, through the end of the race, I came into every checkpoint, I think, within 10 to 15 minutes of cutoff. Okay. So it, it was like... The Which pre- that's a big deal. The pressure was on. Yeah. And um, a lot of things came together for me to finish that. And when you're in that space, I mean, that was an ugly scene for a while. So, um, yeah, the percentage of finishers at Leadville isn't super high. Is it? I don't think so. You no. he'll be humble here. It's like eight or 900 entrants and like under a hundred finish. I know. I'm like, do we need to look this up? It's not, a don't quote me on any of those numbers, but it's pretty low. Yeah. I think it's like the, around the 50% mark or something. Cause you but. have to get to the turnaround, the, the halfway point at a certain time and you'll just be, but it, do they do it every quarter. Um, the cutoffs. Yeah. The cutoffs are every aid station, like every aid station. Oh, you a, have to make it to the, cutoff. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they give you, I think it's 14 hours on the way out. Okay. 16 on the way back. Okay. And I finished with, 11 minutes to spare 11 minutes yeah wow so and i carried my one-year-old across the finish line mm. and for about 20 minutes said i'll never do this again of course that wears off quickly you've already signed up 
yeah, I, I attempt to lottery. The lottery, yeah. yeah. So because Leadville, and that was your first Leadville. That was first Leadville. We were gonna go do Silver 50. Rush Fifty, yeah. and and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So we're all deferred to next year. Okay. Least, so. Okay, so clearly you have a love for running for a long time. Trevor, you started running once you met Casey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, tell us about 1001 City. You mentioned it. You guys kind of started it after the pandemic had kind of begun and the riots were happening and we have this awakening in our country with Black Lives Matter and so many different things happening. So where did the idea come from and what is 1001 City? It was the intersection of a lot of those things that made Casey call me on on Sunday, uh, the last day in May, and I'll let you take over here in a second, but it was too many things intersecting with our love for the challenges we no longer had in 2020 because of all of the kind of races and, and things canceled. So it was a mix of a bunch of loves converging and to to quote you it's like there are too many things aligning here for this not to happen very well said and so first and foremost 1001 city was a was a project we did where we ran 100 days straight through the neighborhoods and the communities of indianapolis and we ran 10 miles a day so it equated to a thousand miles and the idea came came to me on a on a run of course where at the time, I was very charged up about what was going on in the world and uh, needed to figure out a way to to act upon it. I think I think we were all trying to find some way to address what was going on. And you know, I love running, I love this community, and I love uh, meeting people. I, I just thrive on meeting new people wherever I go. So uh, that's kind of where the inspiration of the project came about. To say if this community needs connected right now kind of more than ever. It felt almost shattered at the time. Um, Especially when you're just, you know, I'm watching it unfold on my phone and I'm saying, I got to get out there. So the idea comes and, you know, Trevor's one of my absolute best friends and he's also extremely sound in terms of operational thinking and execution where I'm kind of the dreamer and the visionary. And, uh, you know, I came home from that run that day and I told my wife about it. And one of the first things she said to me was like, have you talked to Trevor? I, hey, Danica, that's a great idea. So yeah. <laughs> so I call him immediately and, and, um, you know, I didn't, I like asked him to support it. And I was like, Trevor, I want you along for this journey as much as you want, but I don't, I'm not asking for you to just blindly commit. And the guy just steps up to the plate and he's like, I'm all in. I will help in any way I can. And it was, it was, it was beautiful. I so. said I was all in <clears throat> with an asterisk that I would, I would help with the planning, the logistics, the maps, the things that I knew <laughs> I was good at. And I said something to the effect of, I think I'll, I'll try to run a few days a week with you and maybe I'll bike some of the other miles. I, the goal at the beginning was to make sure he wasn't alone running through streets of Indianapolis. He didn't know. Uh, did that, you do did you do the 10 miles that lasted for about four days yeah. and then i started uh catching up on mileage and i did all thousand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so with no injuries 
no injuries. I have a little naggy uh, running on the left side of the road knee problem right now, but it's good enough to run. <laughs> you run a thousand miles, you realize you're running lopsided for over 600 uh-huh. of them on the left side of streets. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was this. Yeah. There was a st- storytelling component to this whole thing that we wanted to do. So it was like, it w- this wasn't just for us. Right. It was like we, we said, if we're going to do this, the way we want to do this is for other people to come along in the journey. So, you know, digitally, through storytelling, through photos and and then also through kind of random acts of kindness that we'll get into but and then we had a large running community like join us mm-hmm. throughout it so you know we had 50 some odd people over the course of 100 days join us some for weeks of it and some you know a handful of times so it's 100 it days straight 100 days Correct. straight yeah and a few inspirations for this to bring and do it in our own way in indianapolis uh, we were a bit inspired by Ricky Gates's uh, every single street in San Francisco, where he ran all the every single street in San Francisco, which the mileage equated to like thirteen hundred. No, like thirty two hundred. I thought. I think he ended up at like fifteen or sixteen hundred miles in like thirty five days, but the square mileage in San Francisco was what's more condensed than Indianapolis. So the square mileage was like thirty something hundred. I was curious though when you do that, like. I was thinking about it because I'm a pretty social person and I always walk, you know, I always, I say hi to, you know, everybody when I see them, I'm running on the Monon and I don't know someone and I just say hi because, you know, we're passing. Because we're in Indiana. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my husband doesn't do that. And he's like, we say hi to everybody, you know, but it was ever, was it awkward to be like, Hey, can we hear your story and get a picture? Yeah. And, that's another question that it's it comes up all the time and and Trevor has said this a few times really well so maybe you talk you talk about it but it was never we we set out to run 10 miles a day and whatever happened happened so we didn't meet whoever you run into you Mm. run into there were days we didn't meet anybody yeah and you still have to tell a story from that day yeah but the of the folks we met uh it was it was always very serendipitous it was very organic and it was like you'd be talking to anyone and there were countless people we met where their stories didn't get shared. Mm. Um, but it was it was the instances where folks would really question what we're out doing right now. And there was even a handful of times where people, um, this was the crazy stuff, where, hey, were you the guys on TV? Like, are, oh, yeah. are, you, are you guys the ones running around all this? Like, we had a handful of those, which was really interesting. Uh, but it was just always very organic. You know, someone out on their lawn and you just compliment how their yard looks or uh, the simple, what are you doing? Uh, a lot of people would ask us like, Hey, how far are you running? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. That was common. That was like the most common question. Yeah. Or, you know, why are you guys out here pouring sweat in 95 degrees at 1 PM in Let the middle of a work day? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> do you need some water or you want to borrow my shade? We got a couple <laughs> of those, which is really appreciated. Oh my goodness. So the overall big picture is connecting the community. Yeah. So that when we set out on this, like day one, if you would ask us like, what's the purpose and the mission of this? I'm not sure we would have had it. Mm -hmm. It was literally, let's just start moving. Uh, We had this kind of mantra, which was like improve 1% every day of this, whether that was in the the you know the the capture of it the storytelling piece of it whether it was in the logistics of planning it or getting more people involved it was just it just continuously evolved so in the beginning it was very much yeah let's 
let's connect this city together and let's meet people and tell the stories uh, through it. Uh, there's some underlying themes though of what's happening in the world at that time too that come out through that. So mm-hmm. a lot of people talked about their struggles uh, with the pandemic mm-hmm. um, or struggles mentally through all this, like in the changes that are happening in their own personal lives because of it. Uh, we connected with um, a lot of people about the, you know, the racial and social injustices that are happening and kind of coming to light and had some really productive conversations with those people because uh, it was, it was a space for us to explore that where else we might not have it. And super grateful that running took us to that space to learn more and share more. Yeah. I felt like when the pandemic started, like I was personally constantly looking for a purpose. And so I started like overproducing podcasts because I was like, ah, like where do I go from here? You know, like I, I, I lost my sense of purpose because I couldn't do things like this, like what we're doing right now. Um, people like my husband, like his work carried on and everything looked pretty much the same. I mean, he came and worked from home, but, um, so it didn't look the same, but his work kind of stayed consistent. Whereas I felt like I wasn't traveling anymore. I wasn't going to events. And so I felt like, okay, what's my purpose? I'll just keep doing extra podcasts so people have more stuff to listen to. Right. So it sounds like you were fulfilling some sort of purpose that you were desiring when all this happened, because we, I feel like we all lost some sense of purpose with the pandemic. Right. Yeah. I think you said that really, really well. And, you know, I'd be curious, like, when did you realize that was happening? I think I realized it pretty soon because I was just, I felt like there was this hole and then my kids were all home all the time. And I was just like, ah, I don't want to do this all the time. And I really didn't have the time to produce more episodes, but it made me happy. So that like recording podcasts makes me happy. So that's what I felt like I should do. And that, and maybe that was sort of a selfish endeavor, but also at the same time, I wanted to give more to for my listeners to hear um and not that it was anything like groundbreaking or you know I started doing these like light Friday fun episodes to lighten the mood a little bit right yeah well and I think also like you said like our routines were just thrown out the window in a lot of cases and you touched on it like you want to play to your strengths and something felt off about that and you're like how do I get that back how do I amplify it even more because we're also seeing so many people in need and when you think about your strengths and how they typically help people I got to do more of it I got you know and you feel compelled to do that so I think for us it was very much it was that it was we saw this you know and whether we felt you know kind of called to do it or called to act but it was like we have an opportunity to use our strengths or try out our strengths in a new way to potentially help people. And like you said, when, when you grab onto that, you, it's like, I got to go full gas on this and make more episodes or go run more miles yeah. or go places I've never run before and, and bring people along. I think it was just the willingness to do it too. So like, it's not going to look the same for everyone, but for us, we had the bandwidth and we had the willingness and just to put ourselves in the new neighborhood. So like, it's going to be easiest to have an authentic conversation with someone when you're on their comfortable turf, Mm -hmm. right? You talked about your dog defending the house in a way like how dogs do that. Right. But then once you enter their house politely, they like tend to warm up to you a bit. So we kind of felt that way, like stepping near someone's porch or their lawn or their neighborhood where they were walking. Um, And it felt like they, 
felt comfortable sharing their hearts with us really quickly in some cases. So we had people, you know, sharing their life stories or kind of like opening up their hearts about things they were struggling with or even um, crying with us in the first three or four minutes of us just talking to them because we kind of showed up for them where they are. Um, And that was something that we were purposeful of. That's why we just wanted to get started and, and go to new neighborhoods knowing that like our normal day-to-day lives wouldn't have put us in touch with people like that. Like my life, um, you know, I kind of living in the middle of town, right. Doesn't look as diverse or doesn't look as, um, it doesn't look like it did when we were showing up in new neighborhoods every day to run in. Did you run into any scary dogs? Because that is my biggest fear when I yes. run. We, oh, just a few, thankfully. I mean, uh, we that, met a few. I'm, people. and as a female running by myself, I am way less scared of people like getting attacked even than dogs. Dogs terrify me. I'm having flashbacks right now to. A- just a couple experiences where... And I'm a dog lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... We called it the dog days of summer. Yeah. Because it was really hot and we were running through these neighborhoods with just every yard had a dog. Like, And you never know if like the chain's going to break. Oh, or no. like. Yeah, we would see people... We would see... Well, these are like... <laughs> actually, on that topic... Two floss chains the dogs are you know tied up to in the We'd see yard. those dogs take off on a full line sprint and, and then, then they the, get boom, back. Yeah. back. Casey would always say, watch this. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I would try to anticipate it, but we, I mean, we saw people carrying around clubs and we, by the end of the project, we, we knew we could go to those people and say, Hey, you know, any dogs to watch around here because they, oh, they're carrying the clubs they, because of the dogs. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of stick or like defensive okay. item. Like there was a, a super sad story, but a, a good story of, uh, Phil. Phil, right? Okay. Um, in a neighborhood like nearish 42nd in Wendale area, like way over like towards the IMA. Um, okay, yeah. West, west of Newfields area. Um, and he was walking. This was like 7 a.m. probably. It was like his morning walk. And we noticed he was wearing a marathon shirt. And, and Casey's really good at asking these pointed questions. That He said, ask questions that weren't you know, good responses, give some, someone a reason that they need to respond to you. So he asked, um, cause he was kind of hobbling with this cane and he said, um, are you recovering from an injury? Mm. And Phil kind of opened up and said, yes, actually, like I can't run anymore, um, uh, because I got attacked by a dog. Ooh. And so I carry this out of defense now, but also he just was like super inspired by us and, you know, us caring to ask about his condition and the fact that we were out running kind of like, I think re-motivated him in a way to yeah. like keep going, to keep walking, to like, to to try and just stay active and stay on we it. We told him we'd run the rest of that day's miles for him and he, mm. he just like melted, which yeah. was, yeah, memorable moment, no doubt. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I'm always looking for like a car to jump on. In case a dog comes running, like I'm always like, where where can I jump or where can I? Is there a tree I can climb or, you know, I hate that I I hate to, to feel that way, but mm-hmm. I mean, dogs are animals. You have to keep your head on a swivel for traffic for for dogs. Like, thankfully, <laughs> Casey stuck his arm out in front of me one or two times, uh, and I can probably say thank you for that. Uh, I know I can for for me sitting here today. So, uh, just a friendly reminder to. Be alert even at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. So what's the like long term? I know and we'll talk about new shoe day, but like what's the long term vision for 1001 City? You've you've 
you know, you, you set out your mission, you've done it now. What now? Yeah. I think that's a great transition to new shoe day. That's okay. Uh, so 30 days into the 1001 city journey, we decided, Hey, we're out meeting these people. Like we're out, you know, did I just see a bird? No, you didn't. Did you? I really think I did. Yeah. See it? Where? All right. So we got a bird in the house. Oh, my God. Where is it? One second. Glenn. Uh, Yeah. Glenn. (laughs) We got a kitchen bird and some alley dogs. Yeah, we got a kitchen bird. So Casey's going to go after this real fast. Okay. Glenn, there's a bird in the house. Just a little bird. Is the door even open? I don't know. Easily distracted. Casey. <laughs> the hell is that? Is it a bat? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right, we're back. We're back. The we're bird's out. Everyone survived. If anybody follows me on Instagram, though, they're probably like, why do you always have birds in your house? Yeah. Because I've. um. We should have captured that. Yeah, that was uh, quite. Th- well, remember, I'm having separation anxiety because I can't find my phone. Oh, yeah. True. Oh True. my gosh. Where were we? Okay. <laughs> we're introducing new shoe Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, day thirty. Day yeah, yeah about 30, day 35, thirty. Thirty-four and thirty-three. Yeah, about day thirty. We said, hey, you know, while we're out doing this and meeting people where they're at, is there any way we can um, amplify this a little bit more in terms of making their day, but then also connecting this project with maybe even a further mission of it? So, the background of it, and many of the listeners will understand this, that uh, when we get a new pair of shoes as runners, and you can actually like relate that to so many stages of life whether you're a kid going to school or uh, starting a health and fitness journey or um, you know first day on the job even getting a new pair of shoes is a really good feeling for most people and so we would always kind of celebrate when we'd get new running shoes and we'd call it new shoe day oh yeah so you rip it open from the postman you throw them you know, you kind of let them fly everywhere and you send it to all your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what new shoe day. day looks like for us. And and generally just like a ton of energy and excitement yeah. on the first day you lace them up. Yeah. And it it's, it's a joke in that manner. And it's also serious because, you know, we would joke like, hey, you ran really well today. And you'd be like, well, I got new, I got new kicks on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's this feeling associated with new shoes. It's, it's, hey, it's an opportunity to improve yourself makes you feel more confident, more vibrant, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good, you know, kind of that mentality. And we said, okay, so we're out running. We're running on one side of the street where we are seeing and witnessing firsthand a level of opportunity and really equity in our community. It's like, it's vibrant. Things are clean. You can tell the schools are nice. There's jobs everywhere. The houses are nice. And then we would, on our runs, we'd cross the street and it's a different story. And we noticed this enough uh, that very quickly we felt pretty charged up about it to say that that doesn't feel right. And it's, you know, at the time it's it was timely with what's going on and how we're learning what's going on in the world. And all the inequities that we're facing um, in our communities. So we said, hey, if we have the equity to give ourselves a new shoe day wherever we go, or you know, whenever we want almost, uh, let's give that to other people. 
and so along the journey we would give we would give folks a new shoe day as a you know a symbolic way to uh, give them the same opportunity to improve themselves uh, because they deserved it, not because they were systematically held back mm-hmm. from something like that. So maybe Trevor explains exactly like what we would give out, you know, for yeah. a new shoe day. Yeah. For most people, and this evolved kind of through the course of it, but a new shoe day started with uh, a water bottle and a sticker with uh, a gift card or some cash in it. That, that was kind of reserved for getting a new pair of shoes, but we weren't blind to the fact that that's not what everyone needed right. on a random Tuesday morning uh, or a Thursday afternoon that kind of depending on where you met someone, they could need um, gas money or food for their family for the week or uh, they were starting a new job. So, that, you know, we had a little bit of everything and that was the beauty of it is the the diversity of people that we met and just in terms of what they were going through. So I think it was appreciated in every sense, and, and you kind of never knew how you were going to show up for someone that day. Uh, we had some that I'm sure appreciated it and some that didn't need it that, that almost pushed it off and said, mm-hmm. no, 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 I don't need this. I and, and we kind of almost forced it on them and said, hey, can you give this to someone then else you, you know is in need? Yeah, yeah. kind of to spread the love. And that was what was in some of the messaging uh, in the note that we left in the bottle anyways. That was This is what this is about. This is about a fresh start. Uh, we'd love for you to pass it on. Uh, if you you need this, use it. Uh, if you don't, pass it on to someone else uh, who you know is in need, or or someone that you don't know, and, and kind of like just do that random act of kindness, um, in your own way. And so, through those early days, and then through the middle of the the hundred days, we started raising money and kind of pooling money from uh, friends, family, other people who who heard about it, and so we could start kind of amplifying the amount of new shoe days that we gave out. And so it eventually kind of took that form and, and the goal was of course every day to give one out but like Casey said earlier on some days we uh we didn't always run into someone it, it could have been raining and early or it could have been hot in the middle of the day but uh we looked for an opportunity to give those out every chance we could yeah and and on the raising money front too it was so we did a go a GoFundMe yeah I it, saw. which was yeah. fun and at the end of the project we ended up giving a, a larger gift so i think we raised like i mean it was like eight thousand bucks yes, total pretty high and then so we had i don't know it was like 4500 bucks left to give away at the end of the project so our culminating gift was uh, it was a new shoe day to at more of an organizational level so mm-hmm. beyond monumental does the, oh, right. the marathon here yeah. and they have this program called the monumental kids movement mm-hmm. so they they uh, create a structure and programs for kids within school systems to kind of opt into health and wellness and then also be able to run uh, races uh, to celebrate their involvement. So uh, we propped them up, you know, with a gift. We gave the organization that's awesome their own new shoe day. And I think that ties back to your original question. So, you know, the spirit of new shoe day was to not only give the individual that equity or that opportunity, but then also there's these organizations out there that are advocating and educating and aware and giving awareness to the same problems that we're talking about. And so they can get their own new shoe day as well. And, and uh, really since this project ended in September, that's what the, that's what we've been doing. So it's, it's planning around launching new shoe day in and of itself that will be, uh, you know, an organization addressing these inequities in the form of 
a new shoe day. So both for the individual and then also for um, perhaps an organization as well that that individual is involved in. So uh, stay tuned for more on that, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, are you guys like filing for a 501c3 or? We will be. (laughs) Yeah. So I basically looking at a, like a Jan one kind of like, you know, that'd be day one of it. So all the kind of the conversations and the planning to go into that and like start it and launch it are happening right now, which is pretty exciting. So do you foresee like still carrying on the mission of connecting the city, like doing like, will it be like still a yearly thing where you cover the neighborhoods every summer or what? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the, uh, the running 1000 miles or 10 miles every day is, is not a scalable approach, but I think the storytelling component, uh, is, you know, um, so, you know, we've got ideas to like have a, a run club kind of associated with this. So like, you know, you got some swag today and like, that'd be a simple piece of it. Right. So like if we have a new shoe day run club out there, then they could almost be acting in a similar way to how it originated, you know, out running in our communities, Mm -hmm. spreading the message of, of new shoe day, uh, along the way and, uh, connecting our communities as well. Yeah, one of the challenges we initially initially wanted to pose to the people who heard about it and even the people who joined us was that it's relatively unrealistic to do a thousand miles in a hundred days, uh, even again now, especially as he brings on a second child and and just the pandemic was almost a perfect time to do it because you weren't spending uh, a couple hours commuting to work or or doing some of the things that you would have naturally done that take up your time. So like we could reallocate those in the early months of the pandemic where we were kind of uh, finding a little more free time to, to go do the running. But all of that aside, our challenges to individuals who heard about it was to just go out and do this in your own way. Mm-hmm. So like walk a different route after work today, go on a jog uh, in a place you wouldn't have normally gone on a jog in, you know, to, to the extent that you feel safe, you know, with people um, around you. Uh, also, go find some of these hidden gems that like a lot of people don't know about in Indianapolis. That There's was one, so many, yeah. That was one of my favorite parts. You know, the people are one thing and that's kind of what makes our city what we love. Uh, and we all know that that's uh, Alice Melanchthon said it a ton of times as part of the reason the Super Bowl was such a success here. Uh, a part of the reason why so many people love to call it home, but also the different parts of nature that people don't know exist. You know, we have a, a state park and we have a city park within 15 minutes of the middle of the city. We have, that's pretty crazy. It's nuts that like, I'm sure people know there or don't know that there are trails here, um, that you can certainly train for long races, that there are, um, exhibits, pieces of art, uh, local city parks to little neighborhoods kind of hidden that you wouldn't normally see places with exceptional views of the, this kind of small skyline, but we have here, but it's, it's just beautiful. Uh, some of the things we stumbled across and there's so many city parks. I don't know. We tried to count. Um, and I, I have a hard time finding an, an exhaustive list of Indianapolis city parks, but we are going to want to compile it at some point. I mean, there are just so many. Yeah. I, um, we take the, we drive over to Crown Hill all the time. Like actually that's our like decompressed mm-hmm. spot. And we just drive over similarly. there and we drive up to the top and let the boys get out and run around and just, sit there for like 20 minutes we do that like every other week probably you're in an awesome 
part of the city. Yeah. I mean, this is such a unique part of the city. So I feel really lucky. We did, when well we done. bought this house, we did not know what this neighborhood was like. I we just we wanted to stay near downtown, near Broderpool, and we wanted a little bit more space because we were in a pretty small bungalow, um, like two bedroom, one bath. And so I found this house and. I we didn't know anything about the school across the street. I just knew it was an IPS school. Like I didn't know anything about the neighborhood, but we feel really lucky that we just because we thought we'll buy this house, we'll live here, maybe we'll live here for five years, maybe we'll live here for twenty. And now we've been here almost seven years, and we love it. Yeah, daily we would run around and just like admire the houses, the old the, historic homes, yeah, and, and like Irvington, yeah, and the like, setup. Like I mean, raise I'm you know. I've got a young family and you're proving the point here that it's like, this is a great community mm-hmm. to do much more than run in. You oh, know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's cool to be here and see it. You know? <laughs> so well done. <laughs> yeah. We love it. We, you know, we didn't know a soul that lived in this neighborhood and now I feel like our, my, I'm more of a social butterfly than my husband, Glenn. He's pretty like, he's kind of hermity a little bit. Um, he would roll his eyes at me for saying that, but it's true. Um, but my main friend base is like all the women in the neighborhood that I've, I've met. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have messaged me and they're like, Oh, have you seen what these guys are doing? And I already knew what you were doing because I had talked to you on Instagram, um, Casey, but uh, it's cool to hear the story face to face and exciting to see what you guys are going to do with it. Well, thanks for having us, first of all. And uh, yeah, I mean, when we set out on this, it was always kind of a, how do we spread this Yeah, a little bit? And, but in a, you know, like a sincere way, you know, besides just running the storytelling. Like you don't want to be like, hey, look what we're doing. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. the, for all we cared about, it would have been like, if Trevor and I just did this, it still would have been a success. And, uh, but you know, being a little over a month out now and sitting here with you, I mean, this is kind of a, kind of a validating moment, I would say to be here with, with you, Trevor, you know, co co-captain crew chief on this, on this thing. And then, uh, I mean, we're on a we're on a pretty cool platform here right now with what you've done. So, uh, like I told you before, we were a little starstruck oh, like, gosh. heading into this. So, <laughs> well, I think it's so cool because I feel like we can run around our lives and have these like big ideas or like you know when you said you thought of it when you were out for a run. That's when I think of all of my good ideas is when I'm out for a run. And then you get home and you have all the things you have to do, and then you're like, okay, and you think about it again on your next run. But to actually then go act on those dreams that you have while you run. I don't know what percentage of people that then go act on the dreams because we do a lot of dreaming when we run. So it's cool that you actually were like, you know, this could be something. I'm just marveling in that, that quote. That's, I mean, phenomenal. I think not everyone's the same in that, like you two dream while you run. I kind of turn my brain off. Mm -hmm. So I think people find their, oh, kind of their sanctuary, whatever it is personally for some that's, um, that's running for some, it may be, you know, having coffee on their porch for some, it may be, uh, just like quiet time in the morning. But I think that's kind of an important element of self-discovery is figuring out where you find your clarity and, and where you can kind of silence everything else and come to kind of unite with those dreams you have. And then what Casey's so good about, uh, with kind of reckless abandon is acting on that, that dream. Like once he gets jazzed about it, and especially if he thought of it on a run, you're going to hear about it for a few (laughs) few days. And so that was me saying, 
just being his yes man, like, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, well, let's just get started that this is, is too important to not get started. And I see the energy you have for this. So I think like a lot of it's just listen to your gut and the things that give you energy, like you said earlier, pour more into those and bring the people around you um, that you know will help kind of refine that into what it needs to be. I love that. Yeah, I know because it's easy. And also I feel like as a dreamer, because I'm a dreamer, married to someone who's not a dreamer, married to a um, realist, very logical. That's probably what you would call me. I, I gave him like, about 20% of what he wanted to hear from me on the right. phone that day. And you're like, but I was wait. like, yeah, man, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Probably with a, a little bit of like lackluster tone in my voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what do you mean we can't move to Hawaii for three months? Why Why is that irresponsible? What don't they see in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, Glenn and Danica need to hang out. <laughs> yeah, there and we then, go. And the, but then they'd be like, oh, oh, crap. Like that Slow means Lindsay, down. in case you're on a run yeah. and the world is about <laughs> to blow up. So I think we... The lesson in all this is just you got to find your Trevor. Uh, yeah. You know, so I, once you have that, it things <laughs> it's scary from there. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Well, we always wrap up with some end of the podcast questions. Um, what is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you have not done yet? I'll start because I thought of this last week. <clears throat> uh, I was over caffeinated and, and listening to uh, electronic music like I often find myself doing in the mid morning. Uh, right as I kind of hit my flow, as some people call it, <laughs> work-wise. And so I just started spouting off all these ideas that turned into one big one uh, to Casey. And I said, I want to start a co-working space that has uh, guest DJs to DJ like the morning. So this is like not if you need to be on meetings or calls, but if you're in like a, a personal productive state. So guest DJs, maybe different genres. And, and think of it as like a silent disco where like everyone can tune into a different station watching someone DJ from up top. And then you have like uh, various health and wellness things there as well. So like you have uh, oh hot and cold baths. You have you blend like fitness, health and wellness, and work like all in one place, a like a, a community of place, like a sauna, treadmill, uh, maybe like a place to run or work out. Yeah, and so um, unlimited coffee, big caffeine guy, um, maybe some some other treats that we would like to see around there. But I was essentially just like thinking of all the things I enjoy doing. It's like being with friends, brainstorming good ideas, a lot of caffeine, mu- good music, I- I- all different genres, right? Like it could well, be themed. You're going to run into a problem there because what if... <laughs> this is a dr- this is me being dreamer for a second. Well, well I had a... Sorry, go ahead. Well, my thought was like, it's it's got to be a neutral music though because you know what I mean? Like That's why I think I, th- I should go the silent, silent silent disco route where like each person gets their own oh, premium headphones. perfect. And like, let's say we have five or six... I'd love to be a place where like upcoming artists could share their thing too. Yeah. Um, I'm not big into like the indie scene, but I like, I'm slowly getting more into that kind of stuff. And it would be cool if you could have someone come in and, and kind of stream their stuff. Right. And like, you could choose to tune into the station you want. So more yeah. of like a live, live version of like a lot of the things we all tune into from our computers at home. Yeah. But I was just blending all the things I enjoy together and saying, why can't, I mean, we're all working at home anyways. Why can't we just buy a warehouse space and turn it into something fun? I, I just like threw my dreams on you. I was like, treadmill, sauna. Uh, I love those things too. <laughs> tank, we, ice, We therapy. built the, the plunge, the cold plunge, but like what you need right after you buy a cold plunge is a sauna because then you're, you're cold. Yeah. So slippery slope. <clears throat> I know. Um, okay. So that's professionally or personally for Trevor. What about you, Casey? 
I want to go to space. Really? Absolutely. It doesn't scare you? Yeah, it scares me. Yeah, it'd be terrifying. But uh, yeah, I want to go to space. And I think that that opportunity will come up, I think, in our lifetime, right? Really? You think so? Well, you know, episode one of my parenting podcast is with Emily Calandrelli. She's a scientist. And she she was talking about how like very few people are selected to go to space. Well, I get, I just got to figure out like how, like how do I get my get <laughs> name in, in the, the ring for that? Yeah. And what do I got to do? Uh, point of contention on the home front though. You know, I want to go to space. Danica's like, I want you to be alive. Be alive. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we're working on it. Not that you're going to die. Time. You I'm go to starting space. early, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, professionally, I, launch new shoe day and yeah. take it all over the world you know all over the world so absolutely like short-term vision though like are you thinking let's get a couple cities to buy into this or what yeah i think short term it's it's cultivate and and build it in indie you know like mm-hmm. with the key constituents of like you know our business is here our brands here you know sports teams here uh and then the areas of need in our own community and kind of prove that concept and uh and you take that and yeah, absolutely leverage it um, elsewhere. And, and you know, like strategically, it's it's not every part. It's not the whole thing of it. Running is not like the entire piece of it. Yeah. It would be a really cool, you know, kind of thread of it that I have a passion for that can um, kind of have its own story throughout it. Also. That's cool. Um, question on the new shoe day thing, the like kind of random acts of kindness piece. I'm curious. How do you guys feel about the uh, Starbucks? uh pay it forward line i have strong opinions i'm not too familiar with that concept for starbucks specifically but i remember a news article i i saw one day this place in new york was pay it forward pizza slices mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Every, no one actually paid everyone paid if they could to the pizza before and i think they've since gone out of business maybe, <laughs> maybe either it was bad business or it was a uh, a little more like I, i'm sure the pandemic would have caused that to be a problem sure. but um I always think concepts like that are cool where you can put some sort of social cause uh, and kind of like disrupt capitalism in a way. Um, I'm for capitalism with a purpose, but like Panera Cares is another one where like they take all of their bread in their communities oh, that they yeah. like don't sell and they like redistribute it out. Oh, so yeah. Like, I've used their bread all, when I used to work for nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah. All those are like, I think, good intentioned ideas. Well, the pay it forward line is like when you're in the drive-thru and the cashier's like oh the person in front of you bought your coffee and then they say like would you like to buy the car behind yeah, you and you're at, like they look at you and they're like you're like well what do you well like i was supposed to just like get this treat and now you're telling me i have to buy for they, you feel bad about and it. what if the person behind you is like 15 bucks and it's you like a minivan bucks? of like frappuccinos 76 dollars. i mean <laughs> if i'm in starbucks line with my kids they're all getting freaking butter croissants and i'm getting a latte Glenn's can i pay a forward a pup cup that's the only one i'm right. willing to pay like, forward <laughs> i don't know who's behind me what did are they getting their whole office coffees i mean like some days it might be fine but some days like i'm like you know i just want to spend five bucks yeah um, and actually, I've had it happen where um, the person before me paid it forward, but and the cashier did not say, the barista did not say, like, would you like to buy behind you? But I've had it happen also where they're like, would you like to do the same for the car behind you? And I'm like, you f- you're forcing pay it forward, pay it back on me. Yeah, I, that's a rule that can't be broken. I feel like it. You got to keep going. 
Well, no, you can't ask it. Like the bur- okay. yeah, 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 they can't. Agreed. I hope. <laughs> and then you feel like an There's a-hole guilt for trip. not yeah, doing yeah. it. And it's like I just wanted to. I wanted to roll through this line. Like, just let me have. My I think moment. it's the goodness of your own heart that would turn you to then pay it forward without being asked, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how. I, I don't want to be forced to pay it forward. There you I, go. I want to just go do nice things you heard for it here people. First. Yep. Yeah, I would rather actually just mail someone a Starbucks gift card, you know, or like, you know, go give my neighbor one. I don't want to be forced to buy the. This card is a funny me. time to tell you in your little note we left you as a Starbucks gift. Card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Open Starbucks. I I get. <laughs> I hope forward. she likes it. If not, she'll pay it forward. Do you want me to give this? Is there like? Is there like a? Don't pay it forward. No. It's am for I you. supposed to give this to somebody? No. It's for um, you. I do have a coffee obsession i do starbucks and i do local hubbards and cravens mm-hmm. but um we just got like a fancy pour over thing mm, nice i bought my husband a 16 dollar pour over carafe thing and he he's like oh thank you that you know he loves coffee and then he starts researching it more and he's like i need like 200 dollars worth of stuff to make this like mm. legit you know that right you like, need like custom I need filters to, and you need i need to weigh my beans yeah. i'm like you don't do you have to do all that? And he's like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Off. That's why I haven't bought a pour over yet. I didn't realize. It's so stressful. I didn't realize there were going to be all these bells and whistles. I just thought I could boil some water and. It's a nice gesture. You know, mm-hmm. pour it over. But now I have $200. Now you better pay of- it forward with a bunch of custom filters. And the other point was so that we didn't, you know, because now we're working from home. And a lot of times at like 1, 2 p.m. I get the itch to leave. And what do I do? Go I go spend coffee. $4 yeah. on a latte. And so I thought, well, if we make it fancy here, then we won't be going to Starbucks all the but time. But sometimes you got to get out. Like yesterday, That's the point. Yesterday yeah. I drove to REI at noon and Just spent to leave. $120. Yeah. So it's I would have should have gone on a coffee trip. Like yeah, that like would have been more affordable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm excited about that Starbucks gift card. I'll use it tomorrow. Okay, what's an accomplishment you're most proud of? My family at this point, yeah. So two, I got a two-year-old, super fun time, and really grateful and blessed to like every day just be amped about that. So, you know, that's easily it for me right now, no doubt. Secondary to that would be running a 1,000 miles in Indy, but <laughs> I think the family takes the cake. I'll piggyback, and I hope this doesn't come off as an accomplishment, Carolyn, but I recently started dating... Uh, the love of my life who I had been, we'll call it courting for like five years. And so I got out of the friend zone somehow. So I view that as an extreme accomplishment. Uh, She lives in Denver. Uh, Looking forward to being out there next week. And I don't know, that one's, that one's recent on my mind as as something I never thought I'd do. Dang, man. um, And then only, only second comes running a thousand miles in a (laughs) hundred days. So, yeah. It's a big uh, proclamation. Whoa. <laughs> Hope this podcast doesn't get too many listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What? Who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring that you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Okay. So we met Jesse Itzler. We talked just because it's Sarah top Blakely's of mind. husband. Yeah. So, for those who don't so know. We met uh, Sarah Blakely's husband. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. Yeah, and sorry, Jesse. He's Jesse's not listening to my podcast. It's okay. Well, hey, we're gonna maybe send we'll it send to it to him. We're since gonna he send got it. We so gave much. him a new shoe day. Okay. So uh, he needs that. He needs financial support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we, his, we his office less... wasn't littered with a ton of fan mail. Yeah, like, 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 like thousands everywhere. Of... 
<laughs> so, you know, he said he'd pass it on. Uh, but anyways, we, we had a great time with him and he's super inspiring. We probably talked about Jesse Itzler 50 of the 100 days we were running. Really? Which is so funny. Is that like, cool? If not just him directly, like concepts of his. Yeah. Like, like mantras we like try to live by as well. Yeah. Something associated with him or, or whatever. So, you know, just because it's top of mind, like I'd love to have a cocktail with that guy. To actually like outside of business. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally would love to jam with that guy, you know, in a different setting. He'd probably make us like guy loves bananas more than everything so it'd probably be more like like who would you like to share a banana with well i saw that he brought like a vegan chef into his house yeah i saw sarah blakely she Instagram. looked so cool that was wild she was like there's a, there's sarah eats chicken hilarious. nuggets and he you know is like super concerned with his diet and brought this chef in. Sarah's hilarious yeah i know well and then i went down a rabbit hole and i was like who's the chef and uh-huh. it was like some random person she, like, and met him like on instagram like yeah, just like via chatting random. or something like just absurd the the way you can get in touch with people. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to hire you. I'd love to know how much he paid her. I'm going to hire you to just like park your van at my like, you know, extremely fancy home and just make me vegan food all the time. Or it was a juicer. She was like a juicer. I don't even know. It was, I tuned out for those couple weeks because I was like, it sounded so random and, uh, but so Jesse. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, it's like a very extreme thing to do, but like, He's providing her employment. So it's mm-hmm. not like, yes, it's like a lavish thing for their family to do for their life. But like he's giving someone a job. He also thinks of things like, let me outsource something I know nothing about. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of his biggest skills. Hire so somebody. he's like, I want to learn how to swim. I'm going to go find the like, <clears throat> Katie, what's her favorite? I- cut this out. I don't know her name. She's a big deal. <laughs> but like, uh, like Katie an Olympic. Ledecky? Katie oh, Ledecky? No. Uh, Olympic swimmer, like <laughs> of some sort. But like. He's like, let me bring the person who knows most about this to teach me about it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of an interesting concept for learning new things. So Yeah, they seem... But not everyone has the access to do. Well, right. Like, <laughs> he can do that for anything. Yeah. They seem, though... Um, I think that the, this is why women like me like Sarah Blakely so much. Like, she just seems really... This is so cliche to say, but she just seems really down to earth. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she just... This also sounds weird, but so we were in their house, right? Yeah. Like we had this cool opportunity, and their house was, I mean, it was like so homey, and yeah. It just, nothing they paid felt for different. someone to decorate that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Cool. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So, what's next? What's the best, most recent book you've read? Do you want to go with? Oh, yeah. You got to go. Mm. I don't have a good answer on that one right now. What about like the mm. disco artist that you were listening to? Oh, yeah. I know. I'd like to have coffee with um the guys from above and beyond okay they're, i don't know them they're like salt of the earth um british electronic group okay. so like they're djs that have been like the the heart and soul of kind of edm and trance music since like the early 2000s nice. so they're like into they're well into their like 40s and they're just like stylish kind of like middle-aged dudes just they just recently recently recorded um a big like virtual set on the on the river in london like this like viking ship sailing down the river in like 4k on youtube uh if you want to like get jazzed up and just see some, <laughs> see some old dudes having some fun it's a lot of uh um, a lot of fun so i i like i just love the way that they have like a pizzazz for life and just the energy they bring to like what they love their music is something i would uh would like to see in person as someone that is three years from 40 
Late 40s is not old. No. <laughs> I hope I have the energy Slam. they have. 40 just age. seems like it just seems younger and younger every single day. I'm like, man, it's crazy. So just that's your favorite kind of music, electro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Although I'm much into like, I realize that on like really, really long runs, you can't listen to like super stimulating stuff for six hours straight. So I've really appreciated some of the new music that uh, Carolyn's brought in to my life. So um, we're going to be doing uh, like some long, long run on Saturday, maybe to some like Lord Huron and some, um, oh, I don't, I don't know. know who that is. Some, do you? Some more like, like all, just kind of alternative stuff. Yeah. You lose me on the music. What department. do you What do you listen to? Casey, Casey listens to what I send him. Do you listen to like <laughs> electro music? Or are you not a music guy? I I vary. I'll go music, podcasts, a lot of books. Yeah. When I'm running. Oh, like audio books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, if Trevor's like, hey, you got to jam on this. Then I often send I trios. I like you got to listen to these three songs in a row when you're having your third and a half cup of coffee. Yeah. I'm very prescriptive. Ooh, yeah. Because yeah. things. Yeah. They need to be in the right setting. Did you know did you notice what was playing when you walked into my house? Um no, not the artist, no. No, absolutely not. I would not I'm not <laughs> your guy to notice music or remember David lyrics Gray. or anything. It was David Gray, but I feel you on that because I feel like there are certain like David Gray, Ray Lamontagne, music like that. That's like my evening making mm. dinner music Calm kind stuff, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you run to music or Yeah, oh yeah. Like hip hop. Mm. Okay. okay. Like nineties. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Bone Thugs, <laughs> yeah. Tupac. Yeah. Um, but I also I also love like Taylor Swift and it's pop stuff mostly. Thoughts on the new album? I love it. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I feel like that was another thing with the pandemic. Like Taylor Swift coming out with that album, she was. That's what she she was doing. What we were doing, like she, me over producing podcasts, you founding One Thousand One City, like whatever it is anybody was doing, like that's what she was doing. Yeah, that's and true. I will all always remember anybody that's hmm. relatively, even relatively, a fan of hers will always, I feel like, associate that yeah album with what's happening yeah. right now. She's incredible. Do you know Maggie? Do you know Maggie Rogers? Uh-uh. Mm, love uh-huh. Maggie. Thank you for introducing her. Yeah, check her out. <laughs> my only friend. music contribution to you. <laughs> yeah. No, t- tell her what to watch. It's like the Pharrell oh, uh, yeah. Masterclass. Pharrell Masterclass oh, with really? Maggie Rogers, and you'll you'll never look back on I, Maggie. I have to buy that class, right? No, no, no. It's actually just like a YouTube video. It's like a cut from it, I Shoot think. It it's a clip. You. Super inspiring. Really? Yeah, and then uh, just cool to see a, an artist in their craft. and then It's kind of like Jesse hiring the amateur uh-huh. uh like vegan chef to come live in his house. It was like Pharrell teaching masterclass. Our and her two-year-old is obsessed with Maggie Rogers. <laughs> what kind of music does she sing? It's like folky alternative kind of stuff. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like good, good music. Yeah. Okay. It's I like the farthest that. thing from like EDM. So don't get me confused. Okay. Yeah. Cause I definitely don't like that kind <laughs> no, of stuff yeah, at very, all. I have a very wide range. Um, I love like Brandy Carlisle and, you know, shovels and rope and like, I love kind of folky hmm. type stuff. I don't know if you, the, you would consider those folky, but, um, okay. So you said you like audiobooks. What's the best, most recent book you've read or listened to? I'll make this one quick. Top of mind. I just went through shoe dog. It's mm, a good one. And ride of a lifetime. I haven't read that. So Bob Iger, he ran Disney for decades on decades. So super inspiring, like on his leadership, and then another book I just listened to is called Big Potential, which was mm. also super fascinating. A lot of lessons in there about like 
cumulative potential. So like we all think of the potential we have, but it's just proven in so many concepts in this book that your potential can be just multiplied to the moon through those around you. So mm. it was good. It was great. So that sounds good. I am almost all the way through the 5 a.m. club by Robin Sharma. Um, I woke up at nine today. So I was going to ask. I'm not quite a part of the 5 a.m. club, but it's because he hasn't got to the point in the book yet that tells you what to do at 5 a.m. I only know all the theory behind it. You read. So it's so good. Um, it's phenomenal. I would say to anyone who is kind of lacking motivation or needs a little bit of a pep talk, like it comes in really clutch in that way. So it's like, it takes all the corniness out of like a sentimental pump up that talks about also your potential, um, how all of the the qualities of like the highest achievers in the world, how they get to what they do. And it all starts with uh, in his expression of like waking up at 5 a.m. and dedicating that first hour, the, um, oh shoot, I'm going to forget what it's called already. I know what <laughs> the, you're talking about. It's like about. the magical hour he calls it. it yeah. That's not the exact quote, but it's that first hour that you do. I, Is from, it the fringe? No, not the fringe hours. From what I know so far, it's called the 2020 principle. And I know that's three breaks of 20 minutes that you do three different things in, in that first hour that you wake up. So I'll report back once I figure out what those are. I'm trying not to read ahead. So, um, but it's been like, Oh, it's just been, I can't put it down. And and usually I like can easily put down a business or a topic book. Like I usually don't read a lot of fiction, which makes me boring. Um, although I am listening to um, Rules of Civility by um, uh, Amor Tolls. Don't quote me on that old book. Um, that's all the fiction I have in my life right now. But usually like business type books, I, I can easily put down and like don't keep me turning the pages, but this one's been good. Yeah. Robin Sharma also wrote um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and that like that one and I think a couple of his are kind of like put in the same genre as um, it's about the journey, um, The Alchemist. There we go. Oh, yeah. I read that yeah. years so I ago. I just bought, I bought it with this book too. So I think I similar genre. I think I need to revisit it because I read it like before I had kids. Oh, yeah. So what are you on? Um, well, I actually just finished um, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. Okay. It's like a novel. I just put a book away. I never, I'm a, I'm a finisher. I don't never don't finish. Mm-hmm. And I just returned Atomic Habits to the library. And I was super proud of myself for that. Ayo. Did you read it? S- have started and stopped it maybe three times. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. Which is not my I, nature, but. I just felt like I've read a lot of books like that, like self-helpy genre mm-hmm. books. Like I just finished Essentialism. Oh. It, yeah. Yeah. And as I was reading Atomic Habits, I was like, you you basically just finished this book. Like it's essentialism isn't that, but I just was like, I don't, you don't need to spend, always have a book that is self-help. Cause I yeah. always feel like I have to have a self-help. It's I have dangerous. to have a fun one, like the great alone, which is a, just like a, you know, fiction. But I, yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I don't look forward to reading this. I'm not excited about reading this. I'm freaking returning it with Kristen Hanna. And yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just, downloaded a book on my kindle um from the library a diane chamberlain book it's just another fun read i'm on hold for anxious people which is frederick bachman he wrote a man called ave i always say it wrong 
very popular book. Um, I'm like 52 on the waiting list though. Um, so yeah, I love reading. Cool. If I don't have a book, I'm always feeling sad about it. Cool. I live alone. Finally. <laughs> Sounds weird to say <laughs> I've had roommates my whole life. Yeah. I'm like late twenties, just bought a house. Um, so now I'm like all this free time at the end of the day. And so, uh, Carolyn lives in Denver. So like I have a two hour time, time difference to accommodate for with the like talking to the girlfriend after work thing. So it's like, there's a big gap. Do you watch shows? Um, I tr- like, I haven't turned on my TV in a while. I like, well, more often like scan YouTube for stuff to watch. Like, I don't know. Ultra running stuff, music stuff. I haven't watched before. Like, interviews podcasts like i've like watched some of that kind of stuff but i am every time someone recommends a show that i like i think i need someone to step alongside me when i watch a show and like get me started and then get me hooked Mm -hmm. but i'm just like not one to say like oh you should you should really watch breaking bad i'm just like i'm not gonna start breaking Breaking bad Bad. so good i know like like, hey guess what i haven't watched game of thrones i'm sorry i don't watch game of thrones (laughs) either my husband watched that by himself because I don't. I don't like violent movies. I just like I rewatch shows that I've watched. But you already. watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like Game of Thrones was always like well, yeah, all this like, like gory, gory, like, yeah. sexual, violent, like everything. I don't even know if if that's true, but I just it's, from what I heard, that's it's accurate. mostly true. And I'm like, I don't want that. I forget there was another one that he was watching that I was like, I don't want. It was like a cartel mm. show. Like, Narcos. 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 Yeah. There was a rape scene, Narcos, and I was like, goodbye. You? I'm never watching this again. Like, I c- my soul cannot handle that. Yeah. yeah. Usually, I want to wind down in the evening and yeah. get, like, jazzed up. So, yeah, that's what. Try that's to stay what away it, from some of those shows. Exactly. But. And he, that's what he likes to watch. Yeah. I'm watching Shit's Creek. I don't even love it. People love it, but I'm just watching it to watch it. I guess I say that, but then I, like, Black <clears throat> Blacklist is one of my favorite shows, and it's, like, it's kind of um, one of those, like, crime shows where it's like not true crime but like all the crimes you think could certainly be happening in the world and you're like okay this really worries me yeah yeah like the plots against the u.s government uh-huh. and like things like that that i watched at like 11 p.m last night so to say i only watch relaxing stuff is wrong and then if you had trouble sleeping yeah. you wonder why yeah big surprise <laughs> i watched the lion king before bed because um i let my oldest just sleep on our floor last night and he fell asleep watching the lion king so that's what i have watched. you watched the new mulan uh-uh, yeah, the no. one that's thirty dollars on, <laughs> on uh, uh, Disney Plus. Like you got to pay for Disney Plus, and then you got to pay thirty more Extra, dollars to get the just movie. Just to get access. That's kind of just because they couldn't take it in theaters. I mean, I feel like Which, we should pay like twelve dollars or like fifteen dollars. Yeah, I think their justification twelve hours long. No, I mean, it's just a normal movie. But I think their justification is like you would have taken your family to the movies to see sure. this anyways. Yeah. But since we couldn't release it during COVID, we're going to make you pay for it. So eventually. But I'll then at least you have it forever, right? I I don't even know. Oh, actually. you're not renting it for $30, uh, sure. I'm not. I don't know. Don't quote me. But I loved Mulan growing up, so I'll watch it soon. Yeah. Um. Did you say a book, Casey? What'd you say? Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right of a Lifetime. Yeah. Um. Okay, what's your one message to send to the world? It's a big one. Watch out for intersections. <laughs> and by that, I mean when a lot of things in your life seem to be colliding uh, or are at kind of intersections of each other, pay attention to that and then and put them together to kind of leverage your next actions. That's probably what I learned big from this was that, and that was not all on my own. That was kind of from Casey, but pay attention to 
<clears throat> our loves in like three or four different areas converging to realize that you should take action on something. And that may be just for a season, uh, like for us and for, for me, it was like, all right, I'm going to focus in on these 100 days. Um, and that season may end and you may move on to something else. But uh, that's that's what I feel like I learned this summer um, when it feels like there was a lot of bad happening around the world that was um, that and a lot of the conversations we had were were things that were good um, and then I reheard this yesterday so I'll share it but if you're ever feeling kind of down upon yourself or like having trouble activating stop thinking selfishly and turn it kind of external is like go do something for someone else and that often will kind of completely turn your your day and your emotions around it's good well said follow that up <laughs> that's that's very hard to follow up. I, I'm i a big uh, just mood follows action person. So it, there's some themes that run similar to what Trevor just said. But uh, and, and in light with this story, you know, if you feel called to do something, if you if you feel like you've got dreams or vision, uh, just act, you know, and uh, that can always get you. Yeah, I feel like out of a rut. Right. So um, if your mood needs change, if you feel like it needs change, just act in some certain way. And um, you will end up in a place that either you saw you were going there, or maybe you end up somewhere differently and that's okay. Uh, the point was to take a step towards something else. And uh, so, yeah, I'll just leave it with that. You know, mood follows action and focus on the process. So, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you even with the bird and everything. (laughs) Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Casey and Trevor for sharing your story and for going after this really cool project and encouraging the rest of us to connect with our community and people who live in our city. You all can follow 1001 City on Instagram. They are 1001 City. You can find Casey on Instagram. He is Casey Krause over there. And new shoe day. That is new shoe day. You can also find Trevor on Instagram. He is TDWIT7. I'm on Instagram, LindsayHine626, as well as Twitter, at LindsayHine, and Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. This is all part of Sandy Boy Productions Network. We've got all the social media for that as well. We're putting out four different podcasts now in that network that we're super excited about. We'd love to have you join us on any of those. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Go do something good for someone else today. And we will see you Friday with a new episode.